For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What is going on, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. All right, and welcome in, everybody, to this episode of Topic Thunder. I'm your host today, Dylan Huntzinger at Thunderbats, and I am joined this evening by the one, the only, Matthew Mullins in the state of Nebraska. Matthew Mullins, how's it going? Man, hey, we got that W. Uh, we did what we needed to do, which, you know, I want us to enjoy this win, but uh, we just handled business on our home floor. So just like I didn't panic after losing two games to Portland on the road, um, I'm not going to get overly confident just having one win at home. Uh, Basically, Portland and and OKC just did what they had to do tonight. Spoiler alert, OKC won. So I'm in a much better mood than the previous two games. Um, uh, And uh, I'm, I'm just I'm stoked. I bring on Sunday. Let's go. Let's go Easter Sunday. Absolutely. Um, you know, a- as Maddie just alluded to, the Oklahoma City Thunder walked away victorious in Game Three against the Portland Trailblazers, one twenty to one oh eight. Um, it was just the kind of victory you need to get yourself back in a series in which we were down two oh. Now we are down two one. Um, and after tonight, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors playing into it, but it almost feels like we have seized momentum in this series, Matt. Yeah, um, so it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic uh, with the 2-2-1-1-1 format uh, in a seven-game series. You handle business at home. If, look, if we can go into Sunday, play the same way with the same intensity, get shots to fall, um, come away with a win, then it's going back to Portland and really a must a must win in game five for them. Really, when in one game, I mean, they always say the two toughest wins in a series, the first one and the game and the series clinching one. Um, OKC took care of the first one tonight, and then they can handle their business uh, on Sunday. And this looks like a whole different series, boys and girls. So uh, we got a lot of a lot to be excited about. Absolutely. You get a victory on Sunday. It's zero zero. I mean, the the pressure is kind of off. Um, the pressure is put back on Portland to win on their home floor. Um, so 
it would be nice to see these guys play, you know, kind of free again, you know, not with such a, uh, you know, the weight of the world on their shoulders, so to speak. But mm-hmm. so we're, we're going to talk plenty of our playoff scenarios and situations as we get into this podcast. But we did play a basketball game tonight. And the best way to go over that is by hooking up the TiVo. Thunder started off this game with a bang, and I I don't have any reservations in saying this. I picked the Thunder in six, so, you know, they had to lose two games in order for it to be six. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, it was a popular pick, Thunder in six, right? And, you know, you had to lose two games for that to happen. Um, but I wouldn't have been surprised if we still won. If there was going to be a first game we was going to win, it was going to be this one. Not only because we were down 0-2, not only because it was our first home game, the first playoff home game of 2019 season, um, it was the anniversary of the Oklahoma bombing. So, like, you know, that kind of thing is something that brings a community together. And you could really sense it watching the game, the electricity, um, just the excitement that the crowd brought tonight. It was, it was, it was different than anything that I've seen. Um, so, you know, when you have a home court advantage that strong, it's going to propel you forward in big games like this. Yeah, and uh, you know, our, our our thoughts and prayers are definitely with anybody who um, has lost loved ones uh, directly. You know, in the blast or first responders. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's it's uh, it was a heartbreaking thing growing up in Oklahoma City. You know that that situation really did bring our community together and it (laughs) um one of the the kind of funny things is there's this debate whether or not uh the sunset color is orange or not right (laughs) but what they said from the beginning when they when they made that color is that it's a a quote-unquote perfect blend of oklahoma uh state and the university of oklahoma colors to come together because we're one community. Well, that was on display perfectly tonight as one community cheering on the Thunder Blue or Thunder Turquoise in our uh, our alternate jerseys. And that that crowd was electric. We had three of the members of our unit there uh, so they can attest to that yes. firsthand, and I'm sure that they will. Um, it just, it was a different atmosphere. And it, the players came out playing for each other but they also you know i they came out playing for for our community as well so it was a symbiotic relationship you saw that anytime the players needed a pick me up the the crowd was there to give them that energy and then when when the game you know got a little rough man you know russell westbrook just kept coming jeremy grant kept making shots people just t- they they were making the right play at the time we absolutely needed it to kind of put our crowd back at ease. So it was it was great getting to see both of those uh, mechanisms at work. Absolutely, man. And you know, you kind of touched on the the unit and their um their standing at the game. Alex Roy, Jerry Stevens, and our own Matt Tierney were all at the game tonight. So the FOMO is real for me and Maddie Bowles mm-hmm. tonight. 
we would have killed to be in that arena, but alas, here we are doing this podcast for you guys. So before we get sad and feelings about it, let's continue talking about this game. Mm-hmm. So um, the you know, like I said, you know, the Thunder started this game out with a bang. Um, I believe uh, Russ had a layup early. Uh, Jeremy Grant encouraging for a million reasons. One, first bucket of the game. Two, it was a th- mm-hmm. and three. Jeremy Grant had been struck. He'd been on the struggle bus the past two games. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and shout out Jeremy Grant because he played a great game offensively. 18 points, six of seven shooting, four of five from deep. And that is the time the Oklahoma City Thunder has been lacking and missing in this series. And if he can bring, you know, a fraction of that um, in these next few games, it's going to be huge for the Thunder. But anyways, back to the game. So um, immediately after the Russell Westbrook uh, layup, Jeremy Grant three, Steven Adams just absolutely hammered a dunk. And it was very telling of how Steven Adams was going to do half uh he finished with eight points in the first half and four or five shooting really just imposing his around the rim and uh you know we're going to talk about this here in a little bit but adams only finished with 10 points uh so they kind of went away from adams as they always do and you hate to see it honestly (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh and you notice that when we struggle to get going offensively in spurts you can almost directly correlate that to Steven Adams not being uber involved in what's going on on the offensive end. So we, we like to use him to get going, and then it's like we forget he's there. I would love to see a game where he has 20 field goal attempts, just to see what happens. No, but like his touch was ridiculous. Like His floater was on. Um, he had a really nifty move. I think it was on Zach Collins where he just put him in an absolute blender. Um, they called a foul before the shot, so it didn't count, but like it was beautiful. It was a spin move. Um, uh, finished off with the reverse layup. Perfect English on the glass. Like It was like, big men aren't supposed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, And it's worth noting, you know, he finished 5 of 6, you know, 4 of 5 in that half. The only shot he missed the entire game was a three-pointer. <laughs> It was uh it was about three quarter court heave at the end of the at the end of the first half and it almost just went it, right. it was it wasn't online but it had the distance you know but I mean uh you know it would have been nice to see that go in and you know something might have been in the water in OKC because there was actually two hit half court shots in the game so it would have surprised everybody other than the start the that rim what's the word i'm looking for i want to say encapsulate i don't think that's the word though <laughs> one thing that really grabbed me about the thunder from the start is their defense um so in the first and second quarter the thing me about thunder is their defensive effort you know it's the whole reason matt moore hp basketball friend of the pod called them the havoc generator early on the season because the way they were able to first force wow first turnovers force turnovers get steals, get deflections, get out on the break, and and that, but just draw fouls. Like, I, I, I didn't count. But there was probably like five, six, maybe even seven offensive fouls called on the Blazers in the first half uh, because 
the guys just had great positioning. And, you know, they kind of got away from that in the third quarter. But that first half of basketball, as far as the defensive side, was very encouraging to me. Yeah, um, the guys were mad active. The the first quarter finished 22 to 21 Portland, right? <laughs> Any Anytime we can keep, you know, the beginning of the game in the 20s, for the Thunder, I think that's a win. Uh, we don't always start super strong offensively, but one thing we can do is start strong defensively. And I mean that that keeps Dame out of rhythm. Dame looked, you know, very pedestrian in the first half. CJ McCollum really had didn't get loose in the first half either. Um, it was just really mucky, and it was a it was an ugly game offensively for both teams to start. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was, you know, I mean, shots aren't going to fall. That happens sometimes, especially for the Thunder. You just accept that. One thing you can accept is lack of effort, especially on the defensive end. And the Thunder definitely had that in spades tonight, um, which was, you know, what we had expect coming out in your first home home game of, this, of the playoffs. So, Yep, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, uh, Aside from this playoff, basically bad three-point shooting performance. Back, to, um, I, I think I saw it said that those two games were the worst two-game stretch in postseason history as far as shooting the ball. Yeah. And I mean, they really bounced back tonight, shooting a combined nine from three, fifty-one point seven percent. They had five players hit at least one three, and all the all five players that hit one three actually hit at least two threes. Uh, Schroeder had two, Ferguson had, Grant had the four we talked about. Paul George had two, and Westbrook. Now, I, I'm, we're we're going to talk about uh-huh. four threes. So, um, mm-hmm. just just an absolute awesome turnaround from the first two games to you know once you see that shot goes in, like you know that Jeremy. Grant shot talking about and then he had one where he had two defenders flying at him it wasn't even like it wasn't even late in the shot clock I think there was like eight seconds left in the shot clock he had two defenders just straight flying at him and he nailed it from like the top of the key with confidence as soon as he made that I was like this guy is in his zone Terrence Mm -hmm. Ferguson shot three of four those were his only field goals but this is the production we need if these guys can hit their shots, if these guys can hit their threes, Dennis Schroeder shot two or three from deep. But guys making their shots, we're going to be a tough out. <laughs> right. And and so you mentioned Ferguson. I think that really – so, yes, Grant played out of his mind. He played really well. Um, I think Terrence Ferguson's actually the key to this series. He started yep. off – he picked up three fouls in the first quarter. And that really limited our ability. I mean – Look, Raymond Felton, I like what he can bring to our team at times, but you, he just can't play in the series, man. He he can't keep up with Dame and, and CJ McCollum. He just can't, especially coming off those screens and, and trying to fight off of them. So, like, if he's in there and they're not, you know, completely torching him, they're finding a way to get him down on the block, and it's just it's it's ugly. And the reason why we have to play him so much is because Terrence Ferguson's gotten in foul trouble. If he can stay clean, then he can stay part of the offense and keep going, you know, keep getting his shots. 
we saw what he could do tonight. We we saw what he could do against the uh, the Spurs earlier in the season. Yep. He can have those type of performances. It's it, it's it wouldn't surprise anybody to see him go hit four or five or six threes even in a game because they're going to be there. They're going to clamp down. They're not going to let Russ uh, operate with reckless abandon inside. They're going to you know try to bracket Paul George and not let him get comfortable. Grant is going to be able to shoot open from the corner. Ferguson's going to find open shots. Schroeder's going to have open shots. Morris will have open shots, even if he doesn't always hit them. Um, like, <laughs> it's going to be there. We need Ferguson to stay out of foul trouble so he could stay on the floor, both to keep him involved and also to keep Ferguson off the floor. Absolutely. And kind of playing into what you're talking about, you know, I'm – I try not to be one that complains about the refs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but Terrence Ferguson, you know, his job is when he's out there to guard a combination of CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, right? And I, I want to go on the record and say I've always respected Damian Lillard as a player. I always had him in the, in the top five point guards like the past two years at least. And, you know, I when we drew port, when everybody was happy <laughs> They still got Dame time over there. He's still mm-hmm. a great player. But, man, if that guy is not turning in James Harden, then I right. don't know what's happening. Because every 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 single play, it seems like, he's looking at the rest with his hands up, like, where was the call? He's begging for a call. And James Harden's a great player. Absolutely. He's top 10, top 5. Some people have him top 5, you know, whatever. That's awesome. I can't stand his brand of basketball. I can't stand his style of play. And Dame has been a guy I've always enjoyed watching play. He's always been a guy that, you know, when we're not playing the Thunder, I've rooted for. But right. if he keeps this up, like, he's going to be in the same light that Harden is for me. Yeah, I mean, if all you got to do is look at that fourth quarter. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. But he was making plays to get fouls. He wasn't making plays to make plays. And the, when the rest weren't giving it to him, like they shouldn't have, then, you know, we, we saw kind of what was happening there. Um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get into that part of the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, t- touching just real quick, you know, we talked about the third quarter um, and how bad it was. What we had at one point a 16 or 18 point lead in the third quarter, and 16 points, yeah, 16, yeah, and it was just dwindled away by a tireless effort of Damian Willard. Um, he had what would we say 25 points in the third quarter alone, yeah, and him and CJ came back. So, right after we got 16 points, him and CJ came down and hit back to back threes to cut it to 10 before we even knew what happened. Yeah, and that three by C.J. McCollum was just ridiculous. <laughs> like, he, he crossed left. Uh, who was guarding him? I think it was Jeremy Grant. He crossed left, put Jeremy into Ennis, and then he crossed right again, put him into him again, and just drained it in his eye, probably like four feet back from the three-point line. Like, that that man is a bad man. And, you know, C.J. McCollum, Damian Willard, they're two of the best guards in the league. They're going to make shots eventually. You know, you just got to guard them the best you can. And honestly, I th- thought Jerry played good defense on that possession. But, you know, guys are going to get shots. Now, before we get into, you know, what everybody wants to talk about the fourth quarter, 
I have a disclaimer. <laughs> um, my wife has to be at work early. My niece and nephew are here at our house. Um, the only place I could watch the game with my wife who was asleep. She had the lights off. She had the fan on. I work hard every day. <laughs> so it was not hard for me to fall asleep. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but in the fourth quarter, I dozed off. But the person who did not doze off, my man Maddie Mullins. Maddie Mullins, what we got for the fourth quarter, man? Yeah, so we went into the fourth quarter. The OKC was up by four. And uh, it... <laughs> It had me a little nervous. So towards the end of the third quarter, I I went on Twitter. If anybody was following me, I was semi live tweeting this thing. Basically said like that how the third quarter ends and the fourth quarter begins, or how this game's gonna go, right? And so I was a little bit nervous, especially knowing that hey, you know when Dame comes back in, we're gonna need we're gonna need to have some kind of a lead. So. Uh, it seemed like no matter what we did at the early goings of the quarter, we couldn't quite push away. So they'd make a bucket, then we would have to make one. They would make a bucket, then we would have to go make one. Um, then with 10.41 left, CJ McCollum hit a 26-footer to tie it up 89-89. It was at this point that uh, that it was, it was pretty interesting because... We ended up seeing Dennis Schroeder get involved. Um, we ended up getting him isolated on Ennis Cantor for stretches. So we would, Stephen Adams would come, he would set the screen, uh, Dennis Schroeder would come off of the screen, Ennis Cantor would have to switch off onto Schroeder, and then Schroeder just did work on him hitting the mid range jumper. So we were attacking cancer the same way that we used to get attacked when we had cancer. And so now Portland, right. And then Portland was having to deal with that. And that was really the first time late in the game that we had forced Ennis Cancer to have to play defense. Now, on the other end, there were, I counted, realistically, I counted seven plays that OKC throughout the course of the game would lock down in the, the on defense, cause either a really long uh, three-point attempt or uh, a bad shot late in the shot clock. And the deflection, the ball would always seem to bounce to the Blazers for an easy lay-in or for um, to, to a guy behind the three-point line that could kick it to the wing for an easy three. There were seven plays like that where OKC played great defense and wasn't able to pay it off because of uh, a deflection that the Blazers got. So I said that because there were two of such occasions with Ennis Cantor being involved on the offensive end, as he always is, and he was able to pay it off. So um, Schroeder would go down and get him, and then Cantor would make a play. Schroeder would get him, and Cantor would make a play. And there was a back and forth there for a couple of minutes in the fourth quarter. What was, what was really exciting? Wow, back and forth. Right. What was really exciting though, was that Russell Westbrook, um, coming in a couple of minutes early, uh, allowed us to to kind of stabilize. Right. So, 
Typically, Russ goes out. Russ come, doesn't come back in until about six and a half, seven minutes left in the quarter. Russell Westbrook was back in with nine minutes and something left in the fourth quarter, and he would stay out there the remainder of the game. Um, so Jeremy Grant was involved making threes and making a layup um, and back-to-back plays to extend us out to a nine, uh, 92 or 99 to 92 lead. And then it was from there that really OKC kept it um, no less than really like five points. It got down to five points with a, a heartless dunk off of one of those um, one of those little touch passes from Cantor. And then OKC would not allow it to be any closer than that. So uh, at that point from Harkless, it was 325 uh, to cut it 103 to 108. And then Westbrook made a, a jumper. Westbrook made a free throw. Westbrook made another jumper. And uh, and and he at that point, he, he put uh, Lillard back to sleep, rocking the baby. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and Russell Westbrook kind of finished this game strong. So the fourth quarter got a little close for comfort. At a couple couple of moments, uh, CJ McCollum hit a big shot to tie it. But Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant, and Dennis Schroeder would not let us go quietly. There we go. That's what we like to hear. <clears throat> now, I, I will mention, I did wake up. I saw the ending of the game probably. There's probably about a minute and a half left in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get that, I'm going to transition. All right. All right. We're going to transition on to the Academy Award for tonight's player of the game. Starting at card, 6 3 from UCLA, number zero, Russell All right. The player of the game is none other than Russell Westbrook. Like, because who else could it be? Who else was making the plays in the fourth quarter like Maddie was talking about? An M1 jumper, rocking Willard in the post, and then the play that I woke up on, pulling up a three right in Lillard's face, hitting the three fingers on top of his head with like a minute left. Russell Westbrook closing this game out. You know, we mentioned that Damian Lillard had 25 points in the, uh, in the third quarter, 29 at the end of the third quarter total he had 33 the rest of the game or 32 sorry 32 points Russell Westbrook held him to three points in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. now I <laughs> Twitter has a good way of making you eat your words and early on I said Russell Westbrook whoa 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 I put the little Peter Griffin gif mm-hmm. on my Twitter saying whoa 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 because he shot probably five or six shots early in the first quarter and he was missing all of them and looking yeah, was, at his, oh, good. He was one for five to start, and they and they weren't good. They were shots that were coming up short too. It looked like, it looked like he didn't have the legs to get his jumper there. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he finished eleven of twenty two from the field, four of six from the three point line after starting one of five, is just ridiculous. Is he couldn't have started the game worse shooting the ball. But to round out, close out this game, and to finish shooting 50% and like 48, 50, some, something percent, probably a little bit over 50% from the three-point line. 66%. Like okay, math whiz. 
this. Fifty percent and sixty-six percent from the three-point line after that start was just amazing, and you know you could tell he wanted this game. It mm-hmm. wasn't just because everything going on with Damian Lillard. It wasn't because of what today was. This guy wants to win. He always wants to win, and he had just like much like he had in game one. He had full control in this game. The only difference between game one and this game mm-hmm. is his shot was on uh, late in the game. Um, also, of note, he shot seven of eight free throw line. That's his first missed free throw of the series. Shooting yep. 66% in the regular season. He's really stepped up in the postseason and whenever he goes to the stripe. And, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention he had 11 assists, only five rebounds, only five rebounds, but, you know. He's a point guard. It's okay. He was going out there trying to make winning basketball plays. So, Russell Westbrook, you were 100% player of the game. Matty Moles, what do you have to say about Russell Westbrook's performance? Andy had one emphatic block on Damian Lillard. One emphatic block. Um, Absolutely. That was a, hey, you're in my house. Guess what? I'm the former MVP. You're, You're just... You know, yeah, you got a couple of games, but slow your roll trying to act like you're on my level. So, I mean, yeah, you you could see it happening watching the game, too. Like, coming in, Steve went to contest him. As soon as about halfway in the key, Russell Westbrook completely left his man, okay, as he does. But he went up like a heat-seeking missile and just swatted that shot out of the stands and gave out just a war cry. And if you didn't know in that moment, Russell Westbrook was engaged and ready for this victory. Uh, I got one more thing to say about Russell Westbrook. You know, we talked about some of the shots that he missed early on. Probably three or four of the shots he took in the first half, and again, I can't say much about the second half, were his patented cotton shot. And for those of you who don't know what a cotton shot is, which apparently some people on Twitter do not, is when Russell Westbrook drives in full head of steam, just stops on probably, what, 20, 22 feet from the basket, pulls straight up and hits that mid-range jumper. Yeah, I mean, he hits it. Well, he's most known to do it at the elbow. That's, yeah. where, he, that's where he grew his chops doing it. And we hadn't really seen him do it a ton. Um, but, right, he, he was trying to force that a bit. I say force. He was making it a, a point of emphasis. Yeah. I'll say that to shoot that. And it just, he didn't have the legs early. He found the legs late, which is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I put this on my Twitter, like if Russell Westbrook, like, as you said, for some reason he went away from, which I don't know why you go away from that. Like that was like, when people ask what Russell Westbrook's patent to move is, it's probably dunking on your face. But second, the cotton shot and i don't know why he went away from it but if he's trying you know we said forcing it or maybe you know trying to facilitate it back into his game if he's trying to make this a part of his game again the rest of the league better look out because i i said this on twitter when he's making that cotton shot it's one of the most unguardable moves in basketball Nobody can drive in as hard as they can, stop on a dime, and elevate. And when he when he elevates on that jump shot, on that cotton shot, he he gets up so high, it's unguardable. So if he's bringing that back, I'm sorry, the rest of the league. 
Right. Yeah. And I think I think that's really something that's been missing for our team as a whole for most of the season. When Paul George before the All-Star break, before the injury, was really operating at optimum level, he was able to get with the mid-range and and hit that with consistency. The only other player we really have that can do that is Dennis Schroeder, and he is so feast or famine that mm-hmm. we don't have anybody that can do that consistently on a night-in and night-out basis. It's really weird this year with Russell Westbrook, and is not necessarily just his shot selection, but his efficiency in doing so. Outside of Game 2, so Game 1 in this game, he was more effective uh, offensively. He was able to get to his spots and, and able to kind of um, pick and choose when he wanted to be aggressive more effectively, I, I think. Um, if he can get that game or that shot to fall, man, I'm I'm going to say there's no way OKC doesn't make the Western Conference Finals. It's that important. Yeah. Because him Absolutely. hitting that forces the, forces the defense – to maybe think about taking a step up to defend it. And at that case, you've already lost, and Russ is getting to the cup, and he's going to be able to lay it in because he's he's super um, super skilled in being able to, to finish with both hands um, around the rim. But people like Ennis Cantor are playing back. People like um, Collins and Leonard uh, are, are playing back, basically forcing him to make that mid-range. He's got to be able to make him pay, and, and he couldn't do that early on. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, you know, he has – it's not something we've seen a lot this season. It's not something that teams have a lot of film on from this season. So if he can bring that out in the games and hit it effectively, teams don't have an answer for it. Nope. So with all that being said, you know, Russell Westbrook, you played a tremendous game, and – you know, for your clutch performance in the fourth quarter, shaking off your bad start and revitalizing the cotton shot, you are tonight's player of the game. Woo! What does that mean? Do I get, do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? <laughs> That'll be sick. No, it's just, I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. All right, so... As we said, the Thunder walk away victorious. As we alluded to earlier, we play again Sunday at a time that I do not have in front of me. <laughs> Two seconds. I'll find it for you. Yeah, we uh, play again Sunday. It is at home, so that's important. Oh, at, I got you. At uh, 8.30 Central Time. 8.30 Central Time, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. RIP to TNT. my sleep. On TNT, yes. <laughs> man, what is up with all these late games, man? Just give me, just throw me a freaking bone at, here. And this one's at home, so <laughs> this one's not even on the West Coast. Yeah, they're, they're just they're just being cantankerous now. But you know, Ooh. as <laughs> are as you really said, that tired, busting out words like that? Absolutely. I'm my IQ raises <laughs> at least twenty points when I when I have a lack of sleep. Dang, you should but be tired as, more often then. <laughs> but hey, as we said, if we take on this victory, it's a whole new series. It's zero zero. The pressure's back on Portland. And I you know 
I, I think we win this game, Maddie. I don't know how else to say it. I think, you know, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I think we've seized momentum. I think we have confidence. I think, you know, we have the swagger. Um, you could see in the game multiple times, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Dennis Schroeder even, they were all trolling the Trailblazers. They were like, hey, you're in my house now. Hey, that was cute what you did game one, game two. But watch this. You're in my house now. We're going to take this series. How do you feel about it, Maddie Moles? I feel like we need to back up our talk on Sunday. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's exciting. It's fun. Um, we can be a little more hopeful uh, here in Thunder Nation. Um, I'm not going to get too high with this win. I wasn't too low with the losses. But, right, I mean, we, we go handle business on Sunday. This series looks completely different. And maybe at that point, you know, Portland tries too hard because – Russell Westbrook and Paul George have experience in the playoffs going beyond the first series, right? They, they have experience going deep into the playoffs. That's not something that the Portland trailblazers have. That's not something that Dame and CJ really have. Right. So they, they go home with a tied series after having been up two Oh, and then who knows how game four goes maybe we handle business convincingly then maybe they press maybe dame's pulling those 30 footers and they're not falling and okc is is bracketing them adequately man this i tell you what they're gonna they're going to work their butts off because they do not want to come back to okc down three two that could be good or bad okc can beat them with experience in that situation so We'll see, but Sunday is going to be super critical. It's it's all going to matter how we start in that game. If if we start that game in the twenties again, like tonight, I really like our chances. Yep, absolutely, man. And you know, it's all going to come down to what we talked about in the first half: defense. defense. You know, we are the we are the habit generator for a reason. We saw it in spurts, game one and game two. If we can put it together for a couple full games. I have full confidence we will win the series. And you had the added incentive, looking at the other side of the bracket, the Denver Nuggets, who are struggling to beat the San Antonio Spurs. That could be your opponent, or it could be the San Antonio Spurs. So it's a favorable matchup on the other side. Again, you have to take it seriously, but there is incentive if you uh, if you can win this series. So hopefully, once again, we protect home court, start a new series, going back to Portland, put the pressure on them. Exactly. And then it's the first one to two. So Yes, sir. Yeah. And I, I can count to two. And hey, we're talking <laughs> about talk, talking about getting too high, Maddie Moles. We're winning fifteen straight. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen straight started tonight, right? Absolutely. Sixteen minus one is fifteen. I told you. IQ points. Twenty. Twenty more points because I'm tired. <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We want to thank you guys for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Uh, find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is. Subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Pause the review. We definitely appreciate that. You can check us out on the Dash Radio Network at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Is that correct? Yes. Nailed it. Pretty sure I said the wrong times the past three podcasts, but nailed it. <laughs> um, 
as we said, the Thunder play on Sunday at 9.30. Um, we will, of course, be on here to give you the recap. Um, on behalf of myself, my boy Maddie Moles here, and all of OKC Top of Thunder, y'all have a great night. God bless. Don't forget, Thunder up. Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.